Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, just wanted to consider a few thoughts with you today. We were recently visiting a church and this question came up to me in a discussion and I thought it it deserved more attention and so I wanted to devote a cast to it uh, just to introduce the, the, the topic and just to help us understand from a biblical point of view um, what it means to deal with unresolved conflicts. Now, there is so much in our lives that we're conscious of, uh, and then there are things in our life that we're unconscious of. There are things that we have maybe... Uh, you know, received in our childhood or things that we have had, maybe trauma or uh, or some sort of bruising that's happened that maybe we're conscious of and maybe we're unconscious of. But what happens oftentimes is a situation happens and a circumstance, maybe a word or there's some sort of um, Uh, Maybe somebody says something or does something or something doesn't happen the way we want. And it begins to trigger something in our life that is unresolved. Now, a trigger, you know, psychologically speaking, you know, uh, the dictionary talks about it's it's really a reminder. It touches something in our emotional state. It disrupts us. It's something that points back to either... A trauma or something that has uh, hurt us in the past. <clears throat> and uh, these initiations uh, can cause, uh, you know, inner reflection, and those inner reflections can uh, propel movement or some sort of action that is healthy or unhealthy. Now, a drug addict in our addiction counseling uh, triggers are something to definitely watch because the cue or the initiation that happens oftentimes uh, elicits an action because there's a belief system that's been embraced. So there can be good triggers and there can be bad triggers. Uh, For instance, someone might hear a word that's, you know, for instance, someone might say, oh, you'll never amount to anything, or there'll be some sort of destructive uh, communication that will provoke or trigger a destructive thought pattern. So things in our lives that have hurt us. Uh, Maybe there's been some sort of trauma emotionally. Uh, Maybe there's been a physical abuse or just a mishandling of of someone. This can radiate in our lives over the years, and it can really shape the way that we make decisions, the way we think about ourselves, the way obviously we relate to other people. So God wants to come in and really deal with the unresolved conflicts. And this is what James 4.1 talks about. He says, where do those uh, inner quarrelings or where do those quarrelings originate? And it's really, we see here in James chapter 4, it originates within us. It's some sort of experience or we've embraced a, uh, a communication or uh, that has not been a reflection of truth, but instead it's been uh, something that's uh, impressed upon our hearts and bruised our hearts. And that impression 
has created a void and that void is filled or really it's a it's a gap or a vacuum that elicits more uh, pain more suffering and uh, and more trauma so really in the Bible we see that God wants to rewire us he wants to change those uh, those triggers or those projections that are um, initiated to us through the atmosphere those suggestions in 2 Corinthians 10 5 that go against the nature and character of God and those projections become reflections it becomes something we gain our identity from and they lead into death or they lead into a cycle where we are um, uh, really again reliving the hurt reliving the abuse reliving the bad experience well Isaiah 1 6 talks about that we are uh, we are really a mess in Isaiah 1 6 it talks about from the head to the sole of our foot we have putrefying sores there is there is no soundness in us and that word putrefying is a very interesting word because when there's a, a sore that's infected it just simply keeps oozing it keeps uh, the redness of the area the pain the sensitivity the acute uh, aspect of this uh, of this sore is something that even to uh, to even look at it hurts us let alone touch it so he is saying here in Isaiah 1 6 that uh, and also in Jeremiah 17 that our heart in verse 9 is deceitfully wicked who can know it so as a believer unresolved conflicts things that um, maybe have been addressed but not resolved are so important to do in the Christian's life for instance a child may grow up with uh, an abusive father therefore uh, you know the look of authority as he grows uh, there might be a reaction towards authority or a sensitivity to authority or maybe an overbearing mother uh, same principle the person will seek affection seek validation seek to be affirmed and uh, because the unresolved issue of of being mistreated or the trauma of an overbearing person or a miss uh, a misguided expectation really can uh, have someone operating in a deficit motivation there they don't really maybe un even understand why they're seeking a self-seeking uh, approval or uh, but ultimately they're trying to resolve what's been uh, broken or uh, misappropriated so an unreviewed an unresolved conflict in the Lord is resolved uh, in first Peter chapter 5 verse 9 we learn to cast all our care upon him for he cares for us so so let's walk through it here for a minute so um, if if really we have baggage in our lives and all of us have um, uh, even just not able to process grief prop properly can cause tremendous baggage you know we've talked to people that have lost loved ones and of course um, there is a time of mourning a time you know there's the anger the shock of it the the uh, absolute disbelief that it happened and the negotiating and the and just ultimately at the very end the the the, the bargaining and then of course the accepting of that loss but but if we don't grieve properly if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to um, carry our burdens then what happens is it compounds the fracture 
that the uh, that the problem has created. So cast all your care upon him. This is again, you know, so many are numbing themselves, trying to medicate themselves to not feel anymore. Well, the trigger that happens that really exemplifies an unresolved conflict, we can come to God and say, Lord, uh, first of all, I lay it at your feet. Honestly, this hurts. Honestly, this was wrong. Honestly, this has created a void in my life that is uh, creating a vacuum that is pulling in and causing us to respond to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, Scripture is so valuable in this time because Scripture keeps us from sulking or pity, pity parties. I, I find that immature emotions where uh, the sulking or the withdrawing or the just the pity party, like woe is me, these just intensify the unresolved conflict. Okay, Now, we're going to have conflict. There's no way to avoid that. But how we respond to it is so key because a trigger, again, it relates back to the trauma and there's a programmed reaction. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it is uh, worry or um, or there's a, 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 a silent treatment or uh, maybe there's a withdrawal. I mean, again, these are uh, it's so important to identify uh, these triggers, even in temptation, even in addiction. Uh, when is it that that the we are most vulnerable? You know, we know the whole acronym HALT. I believe it's hunger. Uh, and then there's loneliness, and then there's boredom. Uh, there's also stress. Uh, there's just this uh, attitude of or atmosphere that creates a reason to fall into sin, uh, all based in the flesh. Well, Psalm 147, verse 3, God promises to bind the brokenhearted. So, this is what God does with wounds. He pours in the right ointment to not only cleanse uh, the, the wound, but he pours in the, the right agent to bring in healing. Now, we know that with any unresolved conflict, we have to first acknowledge that there is uh, a conflict. We have to acknowledge that there is a, something that hasn't been resolved. Ignoring it, denying it, suppressing it, or the body will even repress it, uh, these are things that eventually will come back in a stronger way to hurt us. But uh, for a believer, um, we're aiming for restoration, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. And also we see this in Matthew 18, uh, 15 through 18. Let's say in relationships, uh, oftentimes we learn more about ourselves in relationships. We're we're in a place where it's like, wow, I never thought I'd do that or say that or experience that. Or uh, people slip into depression oftentimes because they're reliving a trauma. They're reliving something that hurts. And maybe we're trying to reach back to correct it. But really, the correction happens in the present, thinking with God in the present in Philippians 4.8. Uh, and then identifying what it is that's broken and then uh, focusing on on the health of it, the health of the Word of God, and causing it to uh, replace replace uh, the broken pieces. Let, let me just say it like this: We 
we um, we have healthy self-talk. You know, for every word or sentence we hear, it's said that it's close to 37 different sentences we say back to ourselves inside. So what are we saying to ourselves? Um, what are we reiterating in ourselves? And to identify that and say, okay, I, I want to focus on the truth. So it's, first of all, it's, it's uh, identifying healthy self-talk, then it's focusing on the truth. And then as we focus on the truth, what is true, it will replace, um, it will replace the pain, it will replace the wound, it will replace the, the lie, the lie. So again, God is wanting to rewire us. He wants to rewire us. So that's why in relationships in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, it says to lay your gift at the altar and go make it right with your brother. Leave your gift at the altar. Go and bring in restoration, reconciliation uh, in your relationship. Uh, even if that person's not willing, forgiveness is one of those beautiful things that releases people of their offense. And it's no longer, uh, we are no longer captive to people's carnality. We're no longer captive to people's uh, insensitivity or insecurities. So also we see this in Galatians 6, 1, you that are spiritual, go in meekness and restore a brother. Same thing. Uh, even if we're right, we're going in the spirit of humble and lowliness in uh, Ephesians 4, 2, and we're seeking unity. We're seeking unity. Well, I really see this a lot, and I'm sure you do too, and we experience this in our own lives, is that it's almost like a movie that's played in our mind, in our heart, um, with any type of trauma, abuse, these are these are serious things that we can uh, go to God, go to a counselor, and learn how to identify those things that are that are toxic. Identify those things that are destructive. Identify those things that don't add to our life, that don't add us to the body of Christ, that don't um, speak our true nature in Christ. Now, by the way, if it doesn't add to my life, it does. If it doesn't, if it's not something Christ would say to me, if it's not something I would find in the Bible, we must learn to cast down these arguments, these empty, vain, futile arguments in Second Corinthians ten five, and to lay a hold, Philippians three thirteen, those things that produce life, that that remind us of our true self in Christ. And uh, but what happens is people know pain. People know their bad experience. They choose to live in that that pain, that cesspool, because they, it's possible to think, oh, it's too much work. It's too much. I can't really uh, be set free from this. And the answer is, yes, you can. Yes, we can. The grace of God can come in and it can fill those voids and bring in healing and makes us alive to a new reality. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, we could say uh, that uh, over the years, my wife and I have worked with the post-abortion syndrome community with those that have made bad decisions and they've aborted their babies. And the guilt and shame and fear in their lives is, is crippling. And to come in and to initiate a new way of thinking uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, a, a new way of orientation, a new way of relating to God, uh, and then relating properly to ourself. 
you know, it's almost like the distortion of anorexia. You you can look in the mirror and you have believed the lie maybe in, in, in the distortion of of what is what is a healthy weight, what is an unhealthy weight, and to um, identify in Acts 13.10 where our mind has been perverted and to identify that and say, no, we are made in the image of God. Uh, we are made to the glory of God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalm 139. And what happens a lot in people's lives is they will compare themselves with someone else and therefore, uh, they will either have to put those people down so they feel good about themselves, or they self-loathe. They just have these hateful thoughts about themselves, and they um, just are crumbling from the inside out. Well, the love of God, 1 John 4.18, is really the answer to what we're talking about today. Being perfected in the love of God, knowing that God, uh, He deeply sees us. He sees all the way down deep into our lives, and He fully knows us. We don't have to hide, but He loves what He sees. He loves what He knows, and ultimately, He completely loves us into a place of change. So this deeply seen, fully known, and then we're completely loved, or com uh, there's a comprehensive love that um, that changes the way that we look at ourselves and look at others. Because ultimately, we cannot love uh, unless we have experienced or received love. So you and I will, will love based on how much we've received of God. So this is really an amazing point here. We don't have to live as a victim of triggers. Just like a suitcase that has a handle, it's easy to grab, easy to grab at any point really. But when there's a suitcase without handles, that's amazing. That's amazing. Like it, in this sense, it's hard to grab. It's, it slips out of your hand. It's kind of bulky. We are like that suitcase. God is removing the handles out of our lives, and he is causing us to be a moving target or not so easily held captive. Uh, but now we're the Lord's free man. So when life when the past hijacks the present, what do we do? Well, we are again addressing the self-talk, saying, okay, is this something the Lord would say to me? Is this something that reflects my faith? Um, is it a skeleton in the closet that, that just echoes from the past? We can say the past is gone. What happened was not right. Uh, is there justice? Yes. When we stand before God, there'll be ultimate justice. Can I change anything now? No, I can't. Therefore, I want to embrace this new uh, focus on truth, focusing on truth, laser focus, concentration, and, and let that feed my heart, which will speak to my mind and then ultimately move my members. And then what happens? There's a replacement. There's a replacement. Okay, the person that's had promiscuity before they were married, uh, there's a purity that is restored in their life uh, because they've they've repented and they've responded to God. And I'll just say this about repentance. There, repentance is a beautiful thing in Romans two four. It, the goodness of God shows us the way of God. So 
what happens is that uh, we change our mind, we change our ways based on a new way of thinking that's been presented to us. We're made alive to God in Ephesians 2.5 because of his great love in Ephesians 2.4. So again, the past can be addressed and held hostage and not hold us hostage. So uh, I don't want to minimize any trauma or abuse or uh, any type of uh, wickedness, but I do want to say is that you do not have to be, I do not have to be hostages to that. We can cast our cares, we can bring in a spirit of repentance and saying, Lord, I want to embrace your mind, I want to embrace your thoughts, I want to embrace your truth. And then it becomes the grid of the mind in Philippians 4 verse 8. So, as projections or suggestions in the atmosphere, as it uh, as it brings in this a suggestion, like just like marketing, it's the power of suggestion. You need this. You need this. And maybe we don't need this, right? The hoarder may say, "Oh, retail therapy. Uh, oh, I need this, and I might need it someday." They may may buy something and never use it or they have something they never get rid of it it can go both ways so it could be scarcity thinking maybe i'll need this someday and then maybe it's abundant thinking i have a very little but i have what i need so again it's this replacement and this filling uh proverbs 24 verse 3 the rooms of our soul are filled with precious riches precious riches and then god comes in with the Balm of Gilead, he comes in um, with the ointment, and there is a cleansing of the infection. There's a uh, there's a um, a beautiful salve that that comforts and brings healing and brings uh, restoration and causes the new growth to have an environment where it can uh, work and bring in healing. Well, we see this all over our world where uh, people are hurting people are hurting and we uh, can say this today that god wants to resolve these unresolved conflicts maybe you know we look at our jails and 80 percent of the men in our jails they are there for various reasons but one of the motives is they didn't have a good father and a lot of those men at the percentages are also very high maybe uh, they're looking for the affection of their mother so uh, I've talked to guys where their parents are dead and gone and they still are captive to, to really wanting to hear, uh, they, they really want to hear what uh, their, their, par their parents really uh, bringing in this affirmation, this, this beautiful spirit of, of acceptance. You know, I was listening to a, uh, a very famous singer who's passed on now, and uh, she struggled with uh, bulimia and anorexia. And one of the things that came out in this, in this um, interview when she was alive is that she wanted the approval of her mother. And her mother was very hard on her and never seemed to be satisfied. And, and therefore, um, she was distorted in how to receive love. She was distorted in how to receive uh, acceptance and therefore she she uh, took it out on what she couldn't control uh, she took it out she took it out on what she could control and that was um, her her eating habits 
and um, and then you know it was just a wild scenario where um, she was rewired in the wrong sense, and it, it eventually took her life. Well, there's hope today. There's hope today. The past is gone. All things have become new in 2 Corinthians 5.17. We can be rewired and say, Lord, uh, I am what I am by the grace of God in 1 Corinthians 15.10. This is what love does. Love fills the voids and it creates this beautiful atmosphere of an unconditional relationship. And this is what we have as believers. We have an unconditional relationship with God. We have an unconditional relationship with God where it's a unilateral relationship, which means it's based on Him and Him alone. It's based on uh, His uh, desire and not my desire. And uh, even when we're faithless, He remains faithful for He cannot deny Himself, as 2 Timothy 2.13 says. So how is it that we can find our path to healing? Well, it's identifying the triggers, yes, but also it's casting those conflicts, those unresolved areas of our life that hold us hostage or, or bring or drag us back. We take three steps forward and then we take five steps back. Why? Because we haven't yet surrendered those painful places in our life. And then love comes and says, I accept you. I see you. I know you in Psalm 139. And I am for you. I am for you. When your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart, for he knows all things in 1 John 2.20. So just to encourage ourselves today, um, maybe there's an anger problem, an anxiety issue. Maybe there's fear that cripples uh, from any step of faith. Um, we can say, Lord, why is it that I'm fearing? Why is it that I've, I'm so anxious? Why am I so stressed out? Uh, you know, why is it? And it's like, as we pray and open the Bible, we can say, okay, Lord, I'm following you on my terms. I surrender that. Maybe I say, Lord, I don't trust you. I surrender that. I cast that into your care. Maybe I say this. I say, okay, Lord, I'm holding on to my pain more than I'm holding on to you. Uh, the fear of failure. All these things that hold us uh, in, a in a frozen place. We're stuck in our emotions. And God says, I want to release you from the prison of self. I want to release you from the prison of fear. I want to release you from the prison of insecurity. And then God begins to really uh, create a beautiful aspect of change in our life. And we are conformed to the image of God. And then we're addressing the wrong self-talk, the wrong focuses, and we're acknowledging him in all our ways, and then he begins to direct our paths and paths in Proverbs three five. So, this is a beautiful process where we must saturate ourselves with the truth, with the right things, with the love of God. You know, it's like the principle of having dirt in a in a cup of water. You know, as we if we stick our hand in the water to remove the dirt, we contaminate the whole glass. So. The principle here is we keep pouring in the right clean water. It dislodges the the dirty water, and then what happens? Or the dirty speck, the dirt of specks, specks of dirt, I should say. The, what happens? It you keep pouring in the right thing, and it dislodges the wrong thing, and you uh, bring in purity. As Second uh, Peter three one says, stir up your pure mind to remember. Remember what God says. Remember in John 14, 
uh, 26. Remember the truth. Remember mercy. Rem in 2 Corinthians 4, 1, remember grace. Remember love. Remember forgiveness. Like God does not treat us like we treat ourselves. And as we relate to God in this perfect way, we're broken, but he is not broken. We're a mess. He is whole. Uh, we're unhealthy, but he's healthy. We begin to learn healthiness, begin to learn life. We begin to learn love, learn forgiveness, learn grace, learn mercy. And then all of a sudden, in our unhealthy situations, we can initiate health. We can not be hostages to people's carnality. We can initiate truth regardless of, of whatever baggage we're holding on to. We're going with God and then everything else that's unresolved in our life goes, goes. We, we let God love us. We let him love us and it deals with all the unlovable uh, situations that maybe we have experienced. So just to encourage ourselves today, let's not take the easy way out let's um let's embrace truth and say lord what you say is true what i'm feeling is not necessarily true but uh, i am i'm going to trust you believe you walk in the truth as though it's as as though I, i'm already changed and i'm already uh, made new in you behold i make all things new revelations 21 5 and this is what god wants to do in your life so uh don't live in the unresolved conflicts. Surrender it to God and be patient with yourselves. Maybe God will show you progressively uh, how to let go and let God be God in your life. And to know that it's so much better to feast at the table of Christ in Proverbs 15, 15, than to feast at the banqueting table of the devil, the banqueting table of the past. No, we're going to get up from that table and we're going to walk forward. Uh, maybe we're crawling forward, but we're drawing near to life, love, and uh, God will restore our soul. And uh, we see this beautifully here in Psalm 51, restore my soul. And this is what God can do. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.